0: Well, you know, when our kids were quite a bit younger, uh, we used to host some pretty big birthday parties. You know, those birthday parties, or the, the single-digit birthday parties can be a big deal. The, the kind where um, the adults in the room are hopelessly outnumbered by the little people, and uh, everyone is having a really good time. Uh, But the truth is that it really is barely contained chaos, right? Uh, You've been there, you know what those are like maybe. Um, The highlight at those parties was also them diving into that big pile of presents. Um, And it seems like underneath the wrapping paper of every gift was a package, um, a box that contained those dreaded three words— some assembly required, yeah. right? Um, now, I'm not the most mechanically inclined person, um, and so for people like me, there is no such thing as some assembly required. It's, there's only more assembly required than what you expect and intend. And, and the challenge was always to get those pieces assembled without suffering a middle-age meltdown. You know what that is? Um, a middle-aged meltdown. You know, you're aware of the toddler temper tantrum, right? That's nothing <laughs> compared to the middle-aged daddy meltdown when you're trying to put together Junior's new toy. Um, if the Christian life came in a box, I think the outside of that box would include that statement: some assembly required. I'm not talking about putting things together, but I'm talking about coming together, about assembling and and gathering and doing what we're actually doing right here today, this morning in this place, coming together uh, to worship. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2. Acts tells the story of how this thing that we call church got its start and it's it's more than just a history lesson acts actually lays out the framework the building blocks for how god designed church to work in every day and every age and and just to clarify in the bible when you come across that word church that term church it's not talking about a building you go to it's it's describing a people that you belong to, a community of Christ followers who are learning together how to do life with Jesus in it. And, and in Acts 42, 2.42, I'm sorry, it gives us a snapshot of when they came together, what happened, what did it look like? And, and so this is sort of the DNA that God has in mind, not only for that first church, but for every church in every age, what we are assembling for, what it is that we're trying to build up. And so uh, what I want to do is just read through a very short passage and then uh, unpack it together. So it starts out in in Acts 2.42. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles'. Very short passage with some profound insights into what church is all about over the course of the last twenty five years that i 've been in ministry i 've probably preached on this passage more than any other this This passage describes the kind of community that i've i 've really given my, my life to seeing take shape, and this, it 's this, this new community, this redeemed community that 's aligned around some very particular values. Um, this passage is actually a big part of what motivated us and what God used to to push us to actually establish Lakeview Community Church uh, many years ago, and, and over the years it's just been such a blessing uh, to see this kind of community, an Acts 242 community, take shape in amazing ways. And And, and we celebrate that, and we keep coming back to this because this is sort of like the target. This is sort of like the bullseye. This is the goal that we have in mind. And so we come back to it at, at specific points to, to make sure that our aim is in the right place and that we have the right bullseye in mind. And so this is it. And so we're just going to walk through it together this morning. And I want to talk about three different moves that uh, we see in this, in, in this passage. The first move, It is a move from isolation to congregation. It's the move from me to to we. And so this passage is describing a community that's connected, um, who who are doing life together. And so it says, all who believed were there together. Um, You see, the, the first church, it wasn't a bunch of isolated individuals living out faith on their own. And then once a week, they would come into a church building the same way that you might walk into a movie theater, right? You're on your own. You have your own purposes in mind, and you're just there to see the show up front and then go back your way. That's that's not how the first church operated. Um, every description here is it's all stated in the plural tense. It's it's about them devoting themselves. That awe came over every soul, and and they were selling their possessions. They were breaking bread, and it says the Lord added to their number, and and it's just the sense that together is what church is all about. It's fascinating that the actual word congregation it's a word that's, I think it's exclusively used to describe the Christian church. You know, I, I don't know, maybe there are some other uses, but I can't think of any other organization that describes those who participate in it as congregants. Um, but, but through the ages, Christians have always congregated. We've, we've come together because that's that foundational to, to God's design for, for his followers we're called to come together. And and no doubt it's true that there's more to church than just gathering together, but it's also true, I would say, that it's not any less than that either. And and maybe that's something that we can just use some refocus on and, and zeroing in on in the season and the time that we're in. See, isolation is not an option if your intention is to live out faith in Christ, isolation is not an option. To be in Christ means to be adopted into the family of God. And that means that we're called not only to believe, but also to belong, also to belong. Now, um, I'll tell you, it's kind of crazy to me that this summer, I think before we hit the end of July, we are going to mark the first year, an entire year has passed, since we've started in this new facility. Can you believe that? Some of you, many of you actually can believe that because you, ha- you don't know anything about Lakeview prior to being in this building. But I gotta tell you, for those of you who may be new, and also for those who've been here over the course of a longer period of time, um, to just kind of connect some of these dots, it has been a fascinating, wild year. Uh, we have welcomed so many new people it's been incredibly exciting to see so many people taking so many forward steps in their journey of faith. And it's like we see what's going on here, like this is what it's all about. We're so blessed, we're so glad. Um, it's actually felt a lot more like starting a new church um, with just all the different dynamics, and it's been a lot of fun. At the same time, I'll also tell you that uh that we also started in this building when COVID was still in very high gear, it was still a very significant concern, and there was a sizable number of what I would call our pre-COVID core, um, who over the course of that season, you know, for different reasons, um, we, we kind of scattered a bit um, in different ways. But when we opened up back here, um, it's been like a trickle of people coming back and returning to church, and returning to a church that looks significantly different than it did pre-COVID. Not only a new location, not only a new building, but a whole lot of new people. And I might think that that has created a little bit of hesitation, like walking into this church that used to just feel like home, and suddenly I don't know half the people who are actually even in here. And do I belong here, right? And how do I kind of navigate this from this point forward? So, so let me first of all say, what a great problem to have, <laughs> right? This is the kind of stuff that churches like would love to have happen, and, and, and we're excited about that, and we, we celebrate that. Um, second of all, here's the thing. I have a feeling that for many of us, myself included, uh, we're scared to death of reintroducing ourselves to someone that we knew, but we forgot we knew, right? Because they may be offended if we say, hey, is this your first time here? And no, I met you uh, six months ago, and now I'm offended, and now I don't want to have anything to do about it. So, So let me just say this, is that permission granted, right? You are probably going to introduce yourself to someone you knew before or maybe didn't, whatever it is, don't let that stop you from connecting. Let us use this as an opportunity to be gracious, to be generous, to be welcoming uh, with each other, and, uh, and, and that's okay, right? If, you know, we, 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 we can get over introducing ourselves to someone. Um, by the way, what I w- here's a great goal for the summer. After church is over, talk to someone you don't know before you talk to someone you do know, all right? That is my challenge for all of us. Talk to someone you don't know. Go out of your way when at all possible to introduce yourself to someone. Uh, it's so easy to just kind of immediately go to our circles of people that we know, um, but, uh, but, but talk to someone else and, and, and build that unity. Um, and, and just to say it, you do belong here, right? And so if you kind of get that sense, that feeling like, I just don't know if this is different, this isn't the way it used to be, um, you are still a vital part of this church family. Don't, for whatever reason, stay on the margins. Uh, Jump in. Uh, Get back in. Get involved. Get connected. There's some amazing things uh, going on right now. Um, This also might be just a really good time Uh, to, again, look at our aim. Look at the target that we're aiming at and and make sure that our target is is not on isolation, but that it is on congregation. Uh, In Hebrews 10.25, it reminds God's people, it says, do not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near." And that's just describing this reality that there can be this tendency to just drift and just kind of get away from congregating, and, and don't let the season that we've been through turn, into, turn you into that some people that that verse is, is talking about. So, so church is, is a we thing, uh, not a me thing, and that's the first shift. The second shift is the shift from convenience uh, to commitment the shift from convenience to commitment. Commitment was a trademark of the first church. It says in the passage we just read that they devoted themselves, that they devoted themselves to some very particular practices, that these, this is what they were about. These are the core values that they majored on, that they prioritized higher than and above all the other things that they could be about. And the fact that they were devoted, that's not really the remarkable thing. Uh, Because the reality is, every one of us are devoted. Every person in this room is completely committed, completely sold out to something. The only question is, what is it? What is it you're devoted to? What is it that is the number one priority? Maybe it's success at work, maybe it's getting my kids to their sports programs, maybe it's safety and comfort. And if you wanna know how you can tell, think about this. Uh, it's, it's what we talk about, when we talk about what we're devoted to, we don't use words like, okay, I'll try, or, or yeah, I, I want to, I'll see if I can. When we talk about first devotions, we say, "I'm in. Count on me. I'll be there. I'll make it happen." See, we're we're all committed to what it is that matters most to us, and and life very much is about directing our devotions to, to the right places. So if I'm pouring out my devotion uh, on on video games, right, or on or on my pro sports teams, that That might be a clue that it's time to to redirect my devotions and 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 focus in on some greater things see disciples by definition are disciplined same root word the first church was this place where where they were devoted to these four core practices this is what brought them together, and this is what led them together towards spiritual growth. It says they devoted themselves, first of all, to the apostles' teaching. Uh, they were students of what had been passed down to us over the generations in the form of this Bible, the Holy Scriptures. And, and they learned and they, they fed their souls on the Word of God. And Hebrews 4.12 says that this book this living Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it penetrates down to the deepest part of who we are. God's Word is, is a non-optional component to spiritual growth. As we get into it, it gets into us. They're also devoted to, to the fellowship, it says, and, and that simply means that they were meaningfully engaged in each other's lives. It, it wasn't just a movie theater. You just show up punch your ticket, go in and walk out. They were were committed to building up a bond between them. And, you know, we live in a very diverse age right now. The first church was a very diverse group of people. They came together from all kinds of different backgrounds, from all kinds of different socioeconomic classes, from different nationalities, from different age groups. And, and, And what that means is that that fellowship, that connection, it had to be cultivated. It wasn't like, okay, you guys all like 80s music like I do, so we can connect together. It's going to be easy. No, it wasn't automatic back then, and, and it it isn't today either. Um, it also says they were devoted to the breaking of bread. That means they opened up their homes, they ate meals together, they sat down around a the table. They also shared communion together as well. They, they were committed to practicing hospitality. and That mattered to them, and, and today as well, the, the home front, it's still one of the front lines of where ministry happens. Uh, not just here on a Sunday, uh, every day. Uh, the home front, sharing food together, that has a way of opening up people's hearts to one another. It has a way of paving the way for friendships to be cultivated. And, and by the way, you may notice that uh, this passage is the, this is sort of the blueprint that we build our life ministry around as well. Um, so it says uh, they also, that they devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer was a priority, they prayed together when they met corporately together, they prayed together, when they gathered in each other's homes as well, seeking God's power, looking for his guidance for the issues that were in front of them that they were facing. Those were the things that they were about. Many options, many things they could have focused on, but they devoted themselves to those things in particular. You know, experience tells me that there are seasons when these commitments, these devotions, these core values, they'll get tested within the context of a local church community, because there's any number of other good things that are always vying for our attention, that are always seeking us to sign us up to be committed to, and so it's up to us together to make sure that the main things stay the main things. That's also true not only on a church level, but on a personal level, as well as on a family level. It's a challenge, isn't it, to protect those priorities. So over time, we don't see those things that we were once committed to get diluted, and they turn into something that, yeah, we'll do it when it's convenient after all the other things get taken care of, right? That's that's something we all wrestle with on an ongoing basis. And here's the thing, it's, it's a fight that's worth fighting. It's something worth pushing to make sure that that stays protected. It doesn't happen by accident. It requires just a certain degree of intentionality. This is what we do, right? And that's It's a part of what church is about. It's this community that's committed to growing and to living out these biblical values together. So, that's the second shift. The third shift, the last one I want to look at is the shift from selfishness to sacrifice, because this passage talks about something astounding that was breaking out in the first church, this highly contagious form of generosity, had broken out in the first church, and it wasn't just this one-off, isolated example. This is a theme that you see all throughout the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit was, was getting a hold of people's hearts, and it was expressing itself. It was spilling out in the form of sacrificial generosity. This new move of the Holy Spirit, it was impacting people's pocketbooks, It says, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, take note, there's no arm twisting going on, right? There's no carrot dangling. There's nothing like that happening. People in the first church were voluntarily choosing to hold a tag sale. Let's get rid of some of our stuff that we don't need so we can help and we can invest in the lives of those needs of the people right here in our church family. The Holy Spirit still does that work. He he births that same kind of sacrificial action. We have seen it here at Lakeview so many times in so many different ways. Here's the principle. The bridge between a person's need and that need getting met is oftentimes the sacrificial generosity of God's people. And that's what church is all about. Sometimes we think, God, would you drop what I need from heaven out of the sky so that I can have it? More oftentimes, He will connect us to community, to people who can come alongside us and care for us and be the means through which God provides and answers that prayer. That happens when the Holy Spirit transforms our hearts and our attitude towards the subject of money and stuff. These are kind of like the sacred cows of our culture, and it's not that money and stuff is bad. It's that these are resources that we have that God has placed in our hands to be used to accomplish His purposes. It's, it's just a tool. That's that's what we call the stewardship principle. It simply means that being comfortable, getting more stuff, and having everything I need, that's not the goal of life. People over possessions. That is the default setting of the Christian life. And I'll say something slightly controversial maybe um, and just point out that the concern of the first church was to take care of those among them. Their goal was not to end global poverty. It wasn't to feed the world. There's nothing wrong with that goal. Uh, There's a place for it, but what happened in the first church is not that. It's different than that. It says they had all things in common. There's this deep connection between them, and that connection was working its way out in the form of how they were living life. See, the circle of concern expands when you come to Christ. In the early church, fellowship turns into family. That's, that's the beautiful thing, that there is blood family, and then there's family we have because of the blood of Christ. And one of the coolest things for me as a pastor is to see that kind of bond taking place not only within ourselves and our own connections but to see just you know amongst you all i hate saying you all because i'm not from the south but uh, i see it and it's a beautiful thing um fellowship becomes family and that gets finds expression family means that i am here for you no matter what right family means i have your back when you're up against the wall Family means the care and the concern that I have for you. It's not just token. You matter, right? When something happens to someone in my family, I drop everything. Life stops, and you just deal with what it is. There's no limit to what I'm willing to do for for them and their well-being. I, I can't respond to every need I encounter to that same degree, but I do for family. And and in the first church, fellowship had transformed into family. They they chose to become their brothers' keepers. They they assumed responsibility for each other's well-being. And that's it's a powerful thing. It's it's profound. And so that that basic idea of people over possessions, that's something we can all give our lives to. It's something the Holy Spirit does in our hearts, and it's a big part of what church is all about. And when that happens, uh, make no mistake, it bears witness to the watching world. What we're seeing described in this passage is really a supernatural community. This is something that is not replicated in any other place on earth in the way it is in the church, and it testifies that Jesus is real, particularly when you see, wow, look how they rally around each other's needs. Look at the way they come alongside each other, uh, not just to pamper, uh, not to enable dysfunctional things, but, but when there's a need, you can count on me. I'll be there for you. Uh, that's that's a beautiful thing, and it plays out in practical ways. And again, I can tell you story after story about how we've seen that take shape at Lakeview Community Church in so many ways. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And so let me, let me close and just say again that what, the reason we go back to this passage is to paint the target again and to show what the bull's eye looks like, and I, and I can't end without just saying thank you. Uh, this church has just shown a commitment to these values in such incredible ways, such humbling ways that it's just a, it's such a joy for me as a pastor to look out, and to see these things taking shape. Um, so I want to say thank you, and then I also want to say. Don't stop. Keep going at it. Let's just continue to give ourselves to these things. And if, as we're walking through this, there's something that you kind of just feel a little nudge on your heart about, adjust your aim. Make sure that that target, that bullseye, is is there. Um, Now, more than ever, I think we live in a world. We live in a place where people need to do. They need to see more than just a bunch of nice people who who go to a church and try to do nice things. They, they really need to see a supernatural community. Uh, that's something completely unlike anything. They can't go anywhere else to see what happens within the family of God in a church setting, and and that's the kind of church that this world needs. That's the kind of church that that God wants for us, and it's happening, and let's just keep at it.